Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. I am pretty excited to introduce you guys to one of my all-time favorite creative entrepreneurs. Today we have Sarah Erickson joining us from Sarah and Design. She is a brand and website designer for creatives who creates the most beautiful and polished designs that are backed with strategy and intention. And I'm thrilled to have her on because today's topic is all about growing your business while working for free. And I know that this is a slightly controversial topic because a lot of creatives will tell you to be extremely particular when choosing what projects to take on for free and what projects to decline. And I, of course, completely agree with that. But I also think that there is something to be said for taking on work that can help you grow and elevate your business in the right times and in the right ways. So I'm thrilled to have Sarah on to share her perspective on this with us. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. I think it's going to be just a really great episode. And I think you are the perfect person to talk about this somewhat controversial topic. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. I am an avid podcast listener, but this is actually my first time as a speaker. So I'm excited to be here and share with you guys about, yes, a controversial topic, um, working for free. There are a lot of mixed opinions on this one. I know. And I think that it's going to be a really, really good topic for other people to hear about. Don't worry. I promise this is not going to be a painful interview. (laughs) We're going to keep it short and sweet and just jump into kind of the meat of the topic. So first of all, I would love to hear a little bit more about you, about how you started out in your business. And if you want to throw in there kind of the effects that working for free or not working for free had on your business, that would be awesome too. Yeah, definitely. So I now do brand and website design for creatives, um, which has been a really fulfilling role to step into. But prior to that, I started in wedding stationery design. Um, And when I started my business, I worked for free a lot. (laughs) I am glad that I did, but I also over time became a lot more discerning about the type of free work I was taking on. So I'm excited to talk a little bit about that development in my thought process about working for free um, and when working for free can be a good thing and also when it can be a not so good thing. So when I started with stationery, I took on so many styled shoots. I think in my first year, I did about 40 total, um, which if you've ever done a styled shoot, you know that doing 40 is kind of crazy. And to be fair, I mean, (laughs) I was a stationer, so I didn't have to actually appear at the photo shoots. But uh, yeah, that's a lot of work involved. But knowing you, I feel like you did show up at a lot of the photo shoots, right? I did. And that's one of the things that I think was a huge benefit about doing free work. Um, As a stationer, I'm not there on the wedding day. So going to styled shoots and doing collaborations was a really good way to get to meet the people that I wanted to meet in the industry. And I kind of considered it really as a networking opportunity as well. So that's one of the things that I thought was worthwhile about doing work for free. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like the networking aspect of it, and we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, but the networking aspect of it is one of the biggest reasons that I advocate for working for free in the proper times while you're growing your business. So tell me a little bit about how you discerned when you should work for free at the beginning of your business. And then we'll kind of ease into later on as in like now in your business and what you do. So I think working for free was really helpful when I was starting my business because it helped me put my name out there. And there were three things that were really helpful about it. The first, like I said, was connecting with people in our industry and networking. The second was a chance to develop a portfolio that had the types of work that I wanted to do. You know, without the help of photographers, I wouldn't have had anything to show on my website. So it was a great opportunity to do that. And then the third thing is that helped me keep my creativity. You know, we're always doing client work. And so I think that there is a huge something to say for free work that doesn't have any client expectations attached to it that just keeps your mind creative. Um, so that being said, not every free project was a win in the beginning. There was a learning curve, but in the very beginning, it really was hugely helpful, especially to build that portfolio that I could put forward to my clients. I think it's really interesting the way that you looked at it as not only a way to connect with people, but also to keep your creativity going. I think that a lot of times in the beginning of our businesses, we don't really focus on growing creativity. We're focusing on growing the business side and making sure that you're booking and actually making income. But if you don't continue to do things to grow your creativity, then you're going to eventually find yourself burning out and doing things cyclically and doing things that you don't necessarily always want to do. So putting the work out there that you want to be able to book, I think is really important in terms of keeping your creativity fresh. So tell me a little bit about how you would decide what work to take on for free. Like if somebody offered you the opportunity to take on a project, what would be kind of the things that you would ask yourself? Did you have kind of like a checklist that you would run through? How would you decide what to take on? So I wish that I had had a checklist when I started. Um, in the beginning, I would take on anything and everything. Um, and it was a quick path to burnout, just like you said. Um, it was easy to lose that sense of creativity, um, even though I was quote unquote networking, you know, it wasn't really valuable time invested because I was always hurrying on to the next project. So now I do have a few questions that I would ask myself before agreeing to collaborate or work for free. So I guess my thought process is it is okay to work for free and that may be an unpopular opinion, but the thing is you have to be smart about it. So I always think of it as looking at it as an investment in both terms of time and money. This is something that I think it's easy for vendors like florists or stationers to recognize the amount of money that they're putting into a project, but it's also your time, especially for photographers. It's not just showing up and capturing whatever the event is. You're also spending your time editing. So in both terms of time and money, what is the return on investment going to be? And in order to do that, I say, just take the emotion out of it for just a second. It's easy to get swept up in thinking this is a really exciting and fun project because it usually is. But for just a second, take a step back from that and consider it as a business move. So as a business move, as an investment, is this something that can book you more clients? Will it connect you with the type of people in the industry that you want to meet and be working with in the future? And then is the free work in line with something that you want to promote in your business? And this is huge because I feel like all of the time um, we get excited about work and it sounds fun and creative, but if it's not anything that's actually going to fit in our portfolios, it's not worth the time. And it can be really hard to pass on it, but you have to if it's not going to be a return on your own investment. 
Yeah, that's totally true. I believe that 100%. I think that a lot of times we do get excited and the emotion of it does come into play really strongly when you own your own business because obviously it's you as an individual, but making sure that you're kind of applying the CEO mindset and taking your emotions out of it and looking at it from a practical strategic standpoint is going to be a game changer for people who are at the point. Well, I actually, I take that back. I think that there is a space, this is such an unpopular opinion, but I think that there is a space, no matter how long you've been in business, for an opportunity to be worth its own weight in taking it on and not being paid for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that being said, like I, I think that's rare. I, I always say, like, I won't put my pants on for that much money, like and leave. <laughs> But there are, I mean, there are those like golden opportunities that come up. So being able to look at it in a strategic way, I think is really important. Is there anything else that you kind of run through? Any other questions that you ask yourself? Yeah, I guess the last one to really consider, is it really the best use of that time? So when I was just starting out, I honestly had a lot more free time. You know, I didn't have a fully booked client calendar at that point. So I did want to fill that time with something that would be beneficial to my business. So it was a good time to take on those free projects and be doing something actively that could build my business. But that being said, as time has gone on, I don't always have the time for it. So that is something that I have to think about and think about, are there other things in my own business that I want to tackle, but I need to protect that time and take that time for myself. So I definitely think time comes into it. And then we've talked a little bit about offering an opportunity for creativity, and that's a chance to put the emotion back into it. How much do you want to do this project? Don't feel obligated just because someone asked you to do it that you have to. Really take a step back and say, is this something that excites me? Is it something that will enhance my creativity? Um, and if it is, if it's a dream project, then yeah, go for it. Do the free work. I think it's worth it for that boost in creativity. And then one last thing that I always like to think about too is, is this something that can serve my community? So it does have to be an investment. It does have to bring back money or clients to you. But I think it's also an important question to consider, is this something that can give back to the people around me and also benefit my business? So for photographers, I think it's really easy to offer your valuable services to the rest of us. It means so much when you are willing to capture our work or grab a headshot here and there. And those are things that even though there is time and effort in posing and editing, it's really a fairly quick thing that you can do that means a lot to us other vendors. And it is something that keeps you top of mind and we're happy to refer you after you've done something that kind for us. So that duality, I guess, of serving your community, but in a way that also benefits your business is, I think, worth thinking about when you're trying to decide whether or not to take on a project. I think it's a really important thing to also keep in mind is that if a tenant of your business is community or servitude or just making sure that you're able to give back, which it is for you and me, I think that it's a really great thing to continue to keep that in mind when you're deciding what to take on as well, because it is easy to kind of write things off if they won't necessarily 100% serve you. But if you know that you're giving back, it can kind of balance the scales a little bit and enable you to take on a new different kind of project. Yeah, definitely. That's a perfect segue to talk about um, different types of projects that could be good for you. So like you said, I mean, something that gives back to your community can be great. That can be something like headshots for other vendors or passion projects. 
Um, but I think some other times when free work could be appropriate are when you're experiencing a shift in business. Um, for example, if you are going from senior photography to wedding photography or brand photography or any other type of facet of your business, doing free work can be a great way to announce that to the world and to get a chance to have a little bit of experience in that new area under your belt. That way you can present to future clients a portfolio of what you're able to do. Um, so I think that is a huge opportunity for free work. And then lastly, if there are any philanthropy events that might align with your brand, I know some fellow photographers of yours that do, you know, photo shoots of animals in shelters or things like that. If there's anything that really clicks with your brand where you can give back and just do that work out of the good of your heart, that can be a really fulfilling way to use your talents for people. I love that. And I think that coming from you, I know that you've made several pivots in your business. And so it's a really good, it's really nice to hear from somebody who has actually experienced the benefits from building a portfolio and offering either discounted services or um, free services in order to boost your portfolio. And, and also, I mean, just your practice and to grow your talent in that way, I think is priceless. So I love that. I agree a hundred percent on that. I don't think that there's anything more valuable than practicing. I mean, practicing your skill set. And I will still say that some of my favorite projects are the ones that I've done you know, that are non-client work where I just get to have total free creative reign. And those are still front and center in my portfolio, as well as some of the early pieces that I did for free or for discounted work that did help me make that shift because I put a lot of time and effort into making them portfolio worthy pieces that I could then show to potential clients and make that return on investment that we talked about. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's invaluable, that kind of experience. Um, so talk to me a little bit about We've talked about all the good times to work for free and all the things that you <laughs> take on, um, which I'm sure not everybody will agree with us, but I've seen it pay off in my business. I've seen it pay off in your business. So let's talk a little bit about when you should not work for free. Like what are some indicators to kind of tell you like, oh, I should not take this project on, or maybe this project looks really great, but you need to look a little bit deeper and find out if it's an actual good fit. What, what do you go through in that situation? I think there are plenty of indicators on when not to work for free. And I think as time goes on and you mature in your business that you have to become more and more discerning about those as your time becomes more and more limited. So the first thing that I always try to look at is if the project doesn't align with the type of work you want to attract, don't do it. It won't be worth the investment. And that can be really hard. Like we talked about earlier, sometimes projects look amazing and exciting and it's with these incredible vendors, but if it's not your aesthetic and it's not something that you can put front and center in your portfolio, it's not worth the time and effort. And it's really hard to let that go, but <laughs> you have to be smart about it. So that's number one for sure. I know that we've both broken that rule. So yes. <laughs> It's kind of fun to talk about it now because I remember specifically times where you would take on a project, uh, like a stationary project that you were like, oh, well, this is kind of different. Maybe I'll just try it. And then later you'd regret <laughs> it. Or I would take on a shoot that I was like, well, I don't know. This person seems really sweet and I, I could maybe do this kind of photography one day and it just kind of never panned out. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah, I have definitely been burned on a few projects where even if I am proud of the work that I created and I think it was really fun and cool and different and outside the box, um, you know, I never, never would have put it on my website. There were brides that just wouldn't have booked that type of work with me and it just wasn't worth it. Um, 
even though it was fun to try or explore uh, again, <laughs> I think you have to be more and more discerning as time goes on. So yes, be willing to let it go if it doesn't align with the type of work that you are hoping to book. I think another thing to be careful of is if you're promised lots of quote unquote exposure, that's a really big red flag for me. As it should be for all of us. Exposure is not a thing, you guys. <laughs> I think we've all like seen the memes that exposure doesn't pay my bills and that is so true. So I think definitely approach it wondering what the difference between exposure and collaboration could be. So I am always willing to consider a collaboration where multiple vendors are all putting forward effort. They're all giving their time and their talent to a particular collaboration. I am very wary if it's a random quote unquote client that pops into my inbox and asks me to do a project for exposure. If they promise me that they are an influencer or that they have a really amazing wedding plan and it's going to get published, that's a pretty quick no for me. Yeah, same. I can't list the amount of times that I've been approached to do something for exposure. And I mean, I think we all get the same kind of offers. And I think in the beginning, it's really easy to want to take them. But later on, you'll see that actually a lot of times the exposure that you're promised is not nearly what it turns out to be for you. So it's a good idea to be wary of that red flag. Huge red flag. And I think if for any reason it is something that you really do feel compelled to consider, treat it professionally. You know, don't respond and say, oh, I'm so excited. You're a great influencer. I can't wait to work with you. You need to respond the same way that you would with a contract outlining your expectations of what kind of exposure, how many Instagram posts, what's the engagement. You know, there are ways that you can engage with those people in a professional setting with contracts, doing it legally so that you can't expect to see a return on that investment. That being said, I think it's really rare. <laughs> so generally, if you see the word exposure in your inbox, it's not going to be a good sign. It's a big red flag for me, and I would nope out of there real fast. I think another occasion when you would not want to work for free is if you honestly just don't have the time. And this is something that it's hard to be realistic about. <laughs> I think we've all gotten caught up in saying that we'll squeeze one more project in and we can do it. We'll just work late that night or whatever the case is. And I'm here to say, just don't do it. Your time is valuable. If you don't have the time, don't promise the time to people who are counting on you. That's like the hardest one for me, to be honest. I constantly want to be able to take on the things that look really good to me. And so I tend to overload my schedule, but you're completely right that it is not worth your mental health. It is not worth um, burning yourself out. I, you know what I always say, <laughs> our business is half the longevity of our lives. And it's so true. It really is. Yep, absolutely. So I just think that that's one of the most common mistakes and one of the biggest reasons that that honestly businesses kind of crash and burn is because the person running the business overloads themselves. And so I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah, and I will say too, if this is something that you want to have time for, you know, you are wanting to book some great style shoots that will help put a new portfolio out there or anything like that plan for that in your calendar so that you're not, you know, put on the spot to have to answer yes or no when they come up. 
um, give yourself some time that's built into your monthly or weekly schedule so that you know that you have that available. And when the opportunity becomes available, you can say yes, and you don't have to worry about it taking away time from serving your clients. Oh, absolutely. You know, I love talking through calendars and scheduling. I think I could do an entire, maybe I should do an entire episode on that uh, in the future. I love building in time for things that are important to us. So the next thing I want to talk a little bit about is we've kind of discerned if you should take something, if you shouldn't take something. Let's talk a little bit about if you can't take on a project or you shouldn't take on a project, what's the best way to say no? Because Honestly, I think that that is something people struggle with a lot. As I've said before, it's really hard to remove the emotion from something when it's run personally by you. It's your baby. It's a. It's basically an extension of us as human beings. So how do you say no in a way that A, doesn't rack you with guilt, B, you don't feel like you're burning a bridge, um, C, kind of if you want to leave the door open for a future collaboration, I mean, how do you, how do you approach it? Because I feel like you are kind of like a master of words. So tell us a little bit about how you approach it and like your experience with that. I don't know if I'm a master of words, but I did used to be a chronic yes sayer. <laughs> and I've worked really hard to not take on as many projects as I used to or to say yes just because I feel pressured or obligated or want to please people, which we all do. I mean, I think we get into this industry because we have a heart of service somewhere in there. <laughs> Um, and so it is hard to say no when you know that it might disappoint someone. But the thing is, there are plenty of people in our industry. They are going to find another option. Their collaboration will go on. It's not the end all be all. And you are making more time in your schedule for better things to come your way if you say no to something that's not a perfect fit. I think it's so important to say no. And I guess that cheesy saying of you're saying no so that you can say yes to something better really is true. I feel like anytime that I leave my schedule open to those opportunities, they do come my way. And I'm glad that I've left that open for that opportunity. So as far as how to say no, the best advice I was ever given is that you don't owe anybody an explanation. You can just say no. That is so hard for people. I mean, that's so hard for me personally to not over explain and be like, oh, well, I can't take this on because X, Y, Z. And I really feel that blah, 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 blah. And it's so hard to cut it down and just not over explain. I have been there too. I feel like what helps me with not giving an explanation is putting myself on the receiving end of those types of emails. If I received a message that just said, I'm sorry, I'm not able to collaborate at this time, I would say, okay, and I would move on. You know, I'm not wondering <laughs> what's the reason why, or are they busy this week? What's going on in their personal life? You know, I don't need all those details. I can accept a simple no and be able to move on quickly. So that being said, I think that the key is to keep it short and simple. You don't have to pack it with all the reasons in your personal life or your business on why you can't take something on. You can just say, I'm sorry, I'm unavailable to collaborate on this project at this time, but I hope you'll keep me in mind for future projects. Easy. Done. Yeah. And it's kind. It kind of shows that you're open to talking in the future. It's just professional. And I think that that's something that people tend to lack, especially in personally owned businesses, we tend to respond, like I said before, emotionally. And so I think erring on the side of professionalism is something that is appreciated, but not done as much as probably it could be. Definitely. For me, 
like you said, this is really, really difficult to do in practice. I always tell people that I actually just made a couple of templates for saying no. So I've written it out in advance. I have several email templates on how to say no to a styled shoot, how to say no to a request from you know, an inquiry that's asking me to work for free. And I just have all of those saved as templates so that as soon as that comes into my inbox and I know as tempting as it is to say yes, I need to back away from the project, I can just pop in those templates and I don't have to think about it anymore and I don't end up taking on more than I can handle. I do think it's really important to have templates set in place, um, kind of like we were talking about earlier in terms of scheduling and time saving and that important aspect of running your business. Templates can be a lifesaver in general, but in this situation, it can be a lifesaver in the fact that you, it will keep you from overthinking. I think the last option, if you want to say no, there are some cases where someone could be asking you for something that you actually do offer as a paid service. And in that case, this actually opens the door to work with that person. I think it's easy to kind of get offended that they, you know, want to quote unquote, pick our brains or whatever it is that they've been asking about. Sometimes we get offended that they're asking for our services for free. Uh, And that being said, I don't think we have to get offended. They may just need to be educated that, hey, this is actually something that I'm offering as a paid service. And when that's the case, again, try to take that emotion down for just a minute. Don't get offended about it. Look at it as an opportunity to work with that person in a way that's beneficial for both of you. So if someone has popped into your inbox and asked you to do a project for free that you do not offer for free, that's a really great segue to be able to say, yes, I would love to grab a cup of coffee with you. My mentoring or consulting rates begin at XYZ. You know, it is a great opportunity to bring those people on as a client um, and to take that as a positive, not something that offends you. I mean, how many times have we seen in industry Facebook groups or forum for our industry that people are sitting there complaining, cannot believe this person would even ask me to work for free. Hello, obviously I charge for this. (laughs) They're leaving money on the table because these people that are reaching out to them are not meaning to be offensive. They just want to work with you. So you could potentially be leaving a client out in the cold. So I love that you brought that up because I think it's a really important topic that people don't want to talk about is right. <laughs> take it down a notch. Like it's all right that they asked you to collaborate. If that's something that you charge for, just tell them and maybe they'll hire you. Right. And I think something that goes a long way here is making that look professional and official when you present it to that person. Um, If you're going to be charging for your time, if you're going to be charging for any kind of mentoring or consulting rate, it does need to look professional. Just responding with your rates is an okay start, but I think if you're attaching a monetary value to your time like that, it needs to look appropriately professional, whether that's a PDF with your services or a link to a hidden page on your website that gives a few more details about it. I think it's important to send something that kind of lends some credibility to the whole thing. It's not like you're trying to cheat them out of a copy by charging them several hundred dollars, you know. It is something that is valuable. It's something that you offer as an expert. And I think you need to come off professionally when you present it to that client. That is such a great point. I completely agree. I think, again, it just lends itself to professionalism, overtaking, you know, the emotional or the kind of even casual interactions that you could have with future clientele. 
Okay, so I'm going to wrap up our little chat today by asking you what I ask everybody. What is your unpopular opinion on this topic? Now, granted, this topic I feel is already unpopular because so many people will get up in arms about working for free and tell us, you know, you're damaging the industry by working for free when people pay for this. And while we do agree with that to a certain extent, uh, there are exceptions to every rule. So do you have an additional unpopular opinion on the topic to share with us? Yeah. I mean, I think giving the green light to work for free is already a little bit controversial and unpopular, but I do want to take that a step further and say that I think it can be great to work for free, even if you're advanced in your business. I don't think that this is something that should only be reserved for people starting out or anything like that. I think that working for free can have immense benefits, even as you're more mature in your business, whether that is shifting gears into a new aspect of your business and being able to promote that side of your business or up-leveling to a new clientele where you're doing projects that can speak to a higher-end clientele or connecting with people that you know you never thought you'd be able to collaborate with. There are so many benefits to it, even as a more experienced professional. And lastly, that creativity that we started talking about. I think that nothing can replace having those passion projects and non-client work to grow your own skill set, to push your creativity, to do something that's fun, to remember the fun value of what you're doing again. Um, I think that there's really nothing that can compare to that. So work for free, sometimes, smartly. That's so great. I completely agree. And I think that, I mean, I would add the caveat that everything that you just listed, none of that takes away from knowing your own worth and your value. It doesn't devalue how you view yourself or your business. Every single example that you've just listed is a place where a pivot is taking place or in terms of passion projects, you're just trying to keep your business alive and grow it and grow your own talent and skill set. And I think that that's commendable no matter what you do. So Thank you so much for that piece of advice. I would love for you to share where can our listeners find you? Where, where can we connect with you in the future? I would love a chance to connect with all of our listeners. I think this is such a great community that you're building, especially with some transparency and honesty around these unpopular opinions. So I would love to meet our listeners over on Instagram. I'm at Sarah Ann underscore design, or you can head over to the show notes where Lily has everything listed out for you there. Thank you so much, Sarah. This has been so much fun. And I can pretty much guarantee that you guys will hear Sarah again because I fully plan on her being a recurring guest as she is one of my closest industry friends and real life friends too. Thanks for the opportunity to talk today and hopefully we'll get to chat with all of you again soon. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode. Yay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) So good.